Welcome to episode two of All About the Future. I am joined by Michael Bosky. What's up, Michael? How's it going, Ethan? It's, I'm good to, it's good to be here. It's good to talk to somebody. You know, it's, it's been a while. Yes, sir. So this is the second episode, first episode I did with James Delpino on James Wiseman. We're switching sports, switching players. This episode is on footballing sensation Erling Braut Holland. He has burst onto the scene this year in both Bundesliga, European leagues, Champions League, Australian Bundesliga, everything about it. According to ESPN, we'll get into quick facts about him first. He's six feet tall, six feet four inches, 192 pounds, an absolute unit. He was born July 21st, 2000. That means he's 19 years old. And he has been amazing this year. I mean, he's completely burst in the scene. He barely played last year for his club in the Australian Bundesliga. I think he had like one goal last year. This year, he hops on the scene, 14 appearances, three subs. He was for FC Salzburg in the Australian Bundesliga. He had 16 goals and four assists. And let's just make this clear. That was half of the season because he moved to Bundesliga. He had 16 goals in half of a season. Right now, the leading goal scorer of the league has 22 goals. So that's six less than the leading goal scorer right now after playing most of the season until, of course, this pandemic came. In the Champions League for FC Salzburg, he faced the likes of Ghent, Liverpool, other teams. He had eight goals and one assist in six appearances, with two of those being subs appearance. He scored a hat-trick on his Champions League debut against Genk. He scored a double against PSG in the first leg for Borussia Dortmund, where he had eight appearances, three of those subs in the Bundesliga, nine goals, one assist, two starts in the Champions League for Dortmund with those two goals in PSG. He had one of the most savage responses to Neymar mocking his yoga celebrations. He said, quote, I think that helped me a lot to get meditation out in the world and show the whole world that meditation is an important thing. So I'm thankful for, I'm thankful for that. They helped me with that. He, he went on to say that he meditates a lot before matches. But Bosky, I mean, this is one of the most unprecedented, amazing bursts on the scene I've maybe ever seen by this young of a player. So what are your thoughts on Holland? Yeah, no, it's it's unreal to see almost – it's not even necessarily growth because he's only 19. I mean, how much can you grow? And I really – the first time I had even heard about him was when he scored nine goals against Honduras in the U-20 World Cup. And I remember actually saying to, like, my brother, who doesn't know anything about soccer, was like – I was like, wow, someone could score nine goals. Like, I don't care if who you are or who you even play. Like – you have to be some sort of monster. And then a year later, I hear his name again, and he's scoring goals for Dortmund. I mean, at the highest level, it's unreal. And, and sort of just to see him as, as like a human being. I mean, I've, I saw this interview where he talked about his meditation, and he just seemed like a really down-to-earth guy, very mature for his age, which is great, especially for someone that's getting so much hype, because I know it must be hard when you're that young to get so much attention and, and not let it get to your head. But he was actually born two days before me, so I like to think of myself as, uh, you know, sort of like Erlen Holland, but just without any of the skill, any of that. I mean, he's, he's unreal. But it's just – it's crazy to think that he's only two days young, older than me, and he's just, like, one of the best players in Europe already, which is impressive. I think a lot of people hadn't really heard much of him until the Champions League, to be honest, because, to, I mean, not many people watch the Austrian Bundesliga. I'm, 
I'm guessing you don't. I'm guessing you don't really nope. pay attention much to it. I do But not. once he started scoring goals, I think a lot of people started to take notice of who he was and some of his teammates. And one of his teammates actually is on Liverpool. So we'll see yeah. where that goes. But I, I will say, I will say with the Australian Bundesliga comment, I have heard of Salzburg before. I think that's the team yeah. that you hear about because they're, they're of that Red Bull, all those Red Bull teams. So like I've heard of them before and I heard about this kid. It's interesting that you talk about the nine goal game because it's crazy to think that that was like a year ago. Cause yeah. I remember that. It is weird. And I remember seeing it like, Oh, this like random guy scores nine goals. And I, and it was just like, nine goals like there's no way there can be a random guy scoring nine goals I like that is insane I don't care like against Honduras who is not great but still in like a real game scoring nine goals is absolutely insane I actually thought it was interesting he could have played for the English national team but he chose Norway instead which is odd maybe I mean England is like a great I mean you know it's a great country to play in and with very passionate fans I'm sure Norway's great as well but if you really want to get the silverware as far as, a, you know, a national team player, I'm sure England would have been the spot to go. I, I'm not sure exactly why he chose Norway. Maybe he had more of a connection there. But imagine him and, like, Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford. Like, England could, England could have been arguably the best team in Europe with such young talent. So, I don't know. I thought that was very interesting that he chose Norway instead, which, you know, who knows what that could do for the rest of his international career. Yeah, that's for sure. And – that game, I remember seeing – I didn't Bleacher Report. Bleacher Report football maybe, and they said one for the future. Now looking back on it, they should have said one for next year. Like, <laughs> this yeah, dude's ready uh, now. It's crazy because it's odd because, I like, this whole uh, – you know, this podcast you're doing is about the future. And it's, he is the future, but he's also the present. I mean, mm -hmm. he's – I don't think there's ever been a teenager that's been this effect. Even Ronaldo – Messi, Mbappe. I mean, so those are some of the greatest teenagers ever, and they did not have this teenage years like this guy's having. And I'm not, and that's not to say that he's obviously better than any of them. He's a lot different, but it's just amazing how much success he's having at such a young age. Well, I mean, who knows if he's going to keep it up? But at this rate, I don't see why not. Yeah, and you, one person that you think that he's might be similar to. Is Zlatan. And just speaking on that comparison, but also it's interesting you talked about him choosing Norway because, I mean, I don't know if Zlatan actually had a choice, but Zlatan had a similar position where he was at Sweden. One, he was the guy at Sweden, of course. He was the best player at Sweden by far. And maybe, I mean, Holland is kind of in a similar spot at Norway. If he continues to grow, he would be one of the best players at Norway. So it's interesting that you chose Zlatan because they do have that similar, you know, part that they are on their national team and the star player. Talk a little bit about that comparison with Zlatan and why you see that. Yeah, I actually, I actually think he's a lot like Zlatan as far as his game. And I'm not saying, obviously, Zlatan's a more complete player now. But when, when Ibra uh, was at Ajax, he was not necessarily the, the player he is today as far as dribbling, playmaking. He could do that as well. But he was more of just a goal scorer. And he was a big, tall guy where you could just send in cross after cross. And eventually, he was going to get his head to one. And I see Holland as that sort of player. He's, I mean, he's 6'4". That's big for a striker. And, he's, he's, again, he's one of those players that he's very athletic. I see a lot of potential in his dribbling. While he's not a great dribbler now, but, I, I mean, I think as a goal scorer, he could be a lot like Ibrahimovic, who just 
kind of extended his career for years and years because of his prolific goal scoring. I also said that if he's not careful, he could end up someone like Balotelli, who was a great player, super talented. But I don't. No one's gonna say that he fulfilled his career as a, as a player. Some say he might have wasted. And I mean, it's not a bad floor, but for someone as talented as as you know Holland, I don't I don't think that'd be something he wants to be. And again, who knows now? I don't think he's gonna become like someone like Balotelli, who's just partying all the time, kind of wasting his career. But you know, I Ibra, it's a stretch because Ibra is one of the greatest ever. But I see a lot of similarities in their game. And maybe not the personality per se, but a lot as far as as a player. Yeah, and so I I haven't seen at least right now. I I agree with you that if he decides to take the hype a little too far, he might go that way in Balotelli. But so far, we haven't seen any any sort of acts like that that would show that he would go down that path. But you did hint at some of these. Talk a little bit about his strengths and weaknesses as a player. You talked a little bit about it with him being compared to Zlatan. But what are the main strengths and weaknesses you see in Holland? Well, right now I see he's a clinical finisher. He has an eye for goal that almost no one in the world can match. And I've actually – I've read some things about his teammates saying that if he's in the box, they're just going to do everything they can to find him because if they can, it's going to be a goal, which is unbelievable because the amount of, like, respect that these teammates already garner for such a player is very impressive, especially because he's only been there a few months. And we're talking about players like Marco Royce, Mario Goetze, who are, I mean, great players in their own, and they're showing extreme confidence in this guy. Um, I already think he's, he's a very solid weak foot, and I'm not saying that based on just his goal against PSG. I'm saying in general, just watching his highlights and watching how he plays for the last week or so, his weak foot is actually a lot better than I expected. And he's, an unbel- he's unbelievable at getting his head to the ball, like Ibra was. Again, like I said, you could, you could send in 100 crosses, and he's going to get his head to them eventually. He's as big as a center back, but has the athleticism as a lot of midfielders. I think that's, that's unbelievable for someone at 19. I think some of his weaknesses as of now, he's not a great dribbler or passer, which he can mask a little bit because he plays in the number nine position. But if you want to become a world-class player, someone that you know, really transcends a generation as a striker, you're going to need to improve your passing, your dribbling. And I think we could see this with Mbappe, because when Mbappe was young, he wasn't necessarily a dribbler or passer that he is today. But now he is, and now he obviously is one of the greatest players in the world. But one thing I can say about Holland is that, you know, he's a very willing passer. While he's not amazing, he's a very willing passer, which gives me hope that he, he can become that complete player in the future. We'll have to see, though. Yeah, and – some different things come to my mind when you say something like that. He, I think it's really interesting to point out that this is really his first year being this good. Because we've already mentioned it. He didn't play much last year for Salzburg. He came, absolutely blew up the Australian Bundesliga, gets transferred to Dortmund. And even when he started at Dortmund, I don't think he, was, he wasn't necessarily starting, right? He was coming off the bench. Maybe they weren't completely sold on him. And then after a couple games, it was like, bang, he's in the starting lineup. Like, we have to put this guy in. He's starting both legs against PSG, probably the two biggest games of Dortmund's season, and he's doing what he's doing, right? So he's growing as what he is. But I think it's also interesting, this is his first year. And I think you see players like this, they end up, they play so well. And like you said, if he wants to be great, he needs to find other things to do. 
because at some point, if he continues to do the same things and doesn't have anything else he's doing, it seems like players like this sometimes get figured out. But if he's able to pass and do certain things, like you said, he becomes more dynamic and just like that, even more harder to guard and tougher to guard as a defender. So I think that's an interesting point just because it's been one year. So how do you see him getting out of this first year and really progressing to next year's and continuing to progress? Well, I think he has a lot of drive to get better. And I actually, the reason I say that is because it's funny, but when he lost to PSG in the Champions League, which was the last game he played, I actually saw a lot of growth in that because, I mean, I'm not going to lie, he did get a little bit of reality tra- uh, reality check in, in, in Paris. And he was kind of – he didn't do much. He wasn't very, very good in the box. or He didn't really get many balls. And the way he handled losing in the Champions League, especially after a big team like Paris kind of starts to troll him and make fun of his whole meditation thing, a lot of players at that age might get down on themselves, maybe start to – maybe like, oh, am I really this good? Am I worth all this hype? But he just looked at it as a possibility, maybe I could get better. This is a place – maybe this is a learning experience. So I actually – I thought that was really, really, like, amazing of him. I mean, there's not a lot of players that would do that. Even players that are older and mature would not take a loss so well, if that makes sense. I mean, especially in the Champions League. Like, Dortmund was never going to be a team that was going to, you know, win the Champions League this year, in my opinion. But they really – with Holland, they really gave – I mean, they gave themselves a shot. And especially when you lose, he showed that he has a lot of maturity – way past this year. So I thought that was something. I think next year in the Bundesliga, again, it's not the strongest league. It's a pretty strong league, but I think he's going to – I mean, he's going to tear it up. I think if he can improve his passing, his dribbling, I don't think he needs to improve much as a goal scorer. I mean, he basically has all the tools to become a 30-, 40-plus goal scorer per year. I think he could dominate the the Bundesliga. I don't think he's going to win a golden boot there by any means. I think there's still obviously Lewandowski there who's – probably the best striker in the world in my opinion but he can easily put himself in the category of Bundesliga player of the year no question I think that's a very very realistic goal for him and I think that's something that I think he actually could do and I think what you're saying is going to say a lot about him as a player and him in the future a lot of talks about what players are going to do after this pandemic after they end up coming back of course Bundesliga is supposed to come back on May 16th which would be great. I mean, he would probably play at some point at that time. But like you said, when his last game was a loss to Paris Saint-Germain, and you said that he took it well, so it's going to be interesting to see what he does when he comes back and if he's as dominant and as confident as he was before. Now, speaking on that, what are your predictions for him in the future? You said he could be player of the year in Bundesliga. You said all stuff like that. But my question is, you talking about teams coming in for him, when – where, if, does he move from Dortmund? Where does he move to? When will that happen if that does end up happening? Well, I think a good, a good way of putting this is, you know, does he really want to move? Because, I mean, I think the, one of the biggest keys to success in a player is whether or not they enjoy playing there. I mean, we see it all the time. If players enjoy where they're playing, they're going to be playing better and they're going to want to play for that club more. We've seen times where players like Di Maria, they don't necessarily like playing in, at Manchester and they don't play as well. Neymar did, doesn't really enjoy playing in Paris. He's not playing as well as, as everyone believed he should. And players like, you know, Messi, Ronaldo have enjoyed where they played, and they've succeeded probably more than they would have somewhere else because they enjoy where they're playing. 
Speaking of Manchester United, I do think Manchester United would be an absolutely perfect fit for Holland. And I know a lot of players are said to be perfect fits for United, and a lot of times and recently it's not been the case. But the only reason I believe that he could be a perfect fit for United is because Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was a Norwegian uh, player. He can relate to Holland, Holland like that, and he's actually coached him before. He knows how he plays. He knows a lot about him. I think he could use, utilize him very well, especially with the talented midfield in United. I think to get him, though, they might have to move someone like Martial, who might be – I mean, he might be odd man out there, and he's obviously worth a lot of money. So you're going to have to figure out a way to do that. But I think he could be a perfect fit United. And, again, when clubs like United, Real Madrid are knocking on the door, you kind of don't turn them down. I mean, it's kind of a once-in-a-lifetime experience, especially from two of the richest, greatest clubs ever. And no matter how much you like him or hate him, they are, you know, it's one of those situations where you kind of have to accept it. But I also think that he'd be a perfect for United schematically. And just as far as the Premier League, I think he's a perfect fit. He's big and physical, so he could take that, he could take that from the defense. Yeah, and I definitely see that. I think what's going to be really important for his career – I think if he stays at Dortmund, he's not going to necessarily be seen as, you know, one of the greats. Like you said, the Bundesliga isn't the greatest league. But if you can carry to Dortmund to big things, and maybe that'd be different. But he's rising so fast. This is one of those players that I think can move too quick. I think you saw it in the likes of Coutinho, where you move to somewhere where you're not that top guy anymore, right? You saw it in Coutinho moving from Liverpool to Barcelona. He became another guy. Now he's at Bayern. He's struggling to really become that guy again at another club. Holland's at Dortmund right now, and he's quickly becoming that guy, right? He could move if he wanted to, but I think it's when he moves that's going to be really important for the growth of his career to really become that future guy, like the star, the legend one day, right? And you see, I mean, you see the likes of Marco Royce. He stayed at Borussia Dortmund. He's a very talented player, but if he had moved, maybe he would have become even more, you know? It's just one of those questions that when do you move? Why do you move? And But also, like you said, if Man U or Real Madrid come knocking, it's hard to just say no to that. I think you make a good point. I think, I think one of you, that's a, a great point is moving up too fast. And, like, no matter how talented a player is, even if you're someone like Holland, you still have to develop as a professional athlete, not necessarily as your game. Like, moving up to these high-level leagues, you're going to get scrutinized more. Like, the Premier League, you, like, maybe in Austria, where he played before – he has a bad game. It's maybe back page uh, news. It doesn't really matter much. You're, you're in England. You're in United. You, miss a, you have a bad game. It's front page news. Everyone's talking about it. And you're – I mean, we've seen this time and time again with players. And so maybe he's not mature enough to even take, make that next step to United. We don't know. And I think with Holland, you got to keep him comfortable, especially at a young age. And like I was saying, players – that don't feel comfortable where they're at will not play as well. They'll feel, you know, they'll be passive as far as a player. They won't necessarily develop as well. And, again, like Coutinho is a good point. Coutinho loved it at Liverpool. He loved being there. The fans really embraced him. And, boy, he was an absolutely insane player. I mean, he could score from anywhere. He was just – he was always that guy. He goes to Barcelona. He doesn't – seem to be enjoying it as much, and the fans start to get it on him a little bit, and he kind of crumbled. And I'm not saying that as a Barcelona fan. I'm saying that, like, I feel bad 
for the guy because he has so much potential. He still has so much potential, but he hasn't found that place where he feels comfortable and it's going to be hard for him to develop. So I think you got to be careful, even with someone like Holland and you got to like, you got to make him comfortable. I think that's a big, big thing. And I think with Man U, he could actually be very comfortable if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer stays because he's Norwegian and because he knows Holland and because he's played in the Premier League, he knows what it's like and you can kind of coach him through that as a person and as a player. So I think that's why United might be a good fit. Uh, I was looking at, I mean, Madrid would be a good fit as well if they can somehow move Luka Jovic and, you know, Benzema could probably play in the center four. It, it's a little harder to fit him in, but he would be a good player in that system, I think. And, I mean, I don't know. I think United really, really – United should really go for him. I hope they don't find a way to get him because I don't love United, but, you know, he would succeed in that. Yeah, so one part of that. So we're talking about him, just speaking on him moving up too fast and him maybe not being comfortable somewhere and then falling out of order, right, not being the player that he can be. Some might have thought he moved up too fast from Salzburg to Dortmund, and bang, he's scoring. He's almost already the guy at Dortmund. People are trying to play on the ball in the box, trying to get it to him because they know it's going to be a goal. I mean, these professional players, like you said, that have been there for years, right? So he's moved up that fast. So maybe someone like early Brown Holland can take that toughness, can be in that spotlight. There are some people that thrive in that spotlight. Holland might be one of those guys. So it might work out for him. You don't know, but it might. And if he does move, it still might work out for a player like Erling Brown Holland. Now that's one more quick fire question for you. All right. Erling Brown Holland in the future, he's, let's say he's 40. He's retired. Does he win a Ballon d'Or? Does he win a Champions League? Yes or no? I think he. I think eventually he will win a Ballon d'Or. I mean, that's so hard to say because that means you're really the best player in the world. Will he ever be the best player in the world? I mean, he's the same age as Mbappe, and I don't see him becoming better than Mbappe. Who knows? I think he will win a Champions League, though. And I, but I, but I will say I don't think he he might not be the best player on the Champions League team, but he will win a Champions League. I I don't necessarily you could think you could win a Champions League with just a pure number nine being your best player. Like, it's very rare to see that. I mean, the best number nine in history probably was Ronaldo, the Brazilian Ronaldo. And he, and he couldn't win a Champions League until he got with Zinedine Zidane, who was the best player on that team, in my opinion. And he was a midfielder. So, and I think just with a pure number nine player, I don't know if he could win the Champions League. But if, he's, if he is a player of equal talent or even better behind him, I think, yes, he could win a Champions League. Interesting. Interesting. I think that's a good point. I mean, even if we look at the last Champions League, the number nine was Firmino and he wasn't, he wasn't really a strict number nine, but he also wasn't necessarily the best player on the team at the time, but he was a very important part of the team that maybe Holland could be the same. Yes. All right. Well, that is it for episode two of all about the future. Erling Braut Holland bursting onto the scene for Borussia Dortmund and ST Salzburg in the Champions League. Thanks for talking with me today, Bosky. Yeah, I'm excited. And I'm actually really excited that Bundesliga is coming back. Although I will say I've never thought that I would be excited for Union Berlin at like Dusseldorf, but I'm actually pretty pumped for like next week. It's and, now you know, the best Champions League game ever. That's what that game is comparing to. It's, yeah, it's going to, is that, and then like, I don't know, like Liverpool, Milan, you know, some of those games. So it's just, it's just the same thing. There's no difference. Yeah. Stevie G or, uh, 
Solomon Kalu, basically the same thing. Oh, no, same player. Same player for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, yes. that's it for episode two. Thank you guys for listening. Nice to Bosky for coming on. Erling Braut Holland, one of the brightest players in the world of football. We will see you guys next time. <laughs>